I'm here to tell you right now that uh, that starving, going without food, um, it's not that bad. It's just really not that bad. Um, yeah, me and a friend, we went out into the woods and we had this big plan of, uh, you know, living off the land for like a week or something. Uh, I think I was planning on just doing it for like three or four days. But, you know, the, the pretty much the rules were whatever food you get, you got to get it from the woods. And, you know, whatever. That was really my only rule. I, I had a, a sleeping bag. I had a hammock. My friend didn't have any of that. Good gosh, must have sucked for him. But, uh, yeah, so it's like your big obstacle. Okay, how do I get some food? Where's the food? And naturally... You go into the forest, you're probably not going to get a lot of food. You're going to get at best, and I mean at best, 100 calories a day, maybe. So essentially, you're not getting crap, really, is what's happening. So we're out there, and uh, you know, day one, um, I was kind of in my own little area, and my friend was in his little area. And we're trying to survive, you know, it's going to be real fun, going to survive, get our food. And he starts going the route of um, like finding berries or nuts or whatever to eat. And I went the route of, I brought a fishing line, so I was going to catch some fish. Uh, And I successfully did catch uh, maybe four fish the whole time I was out there. They were small, very small. Each one probably, I'll be real with you, about 30 calories each, uh, if I had to guess. So not much, but it was something. And, uh, you know, so that's what we did. So total, we really weren't getting any food. Now, you're doing this Survivor Man. It sounds fun. sounds like, oh, this is my chance to go back to my roots. And... uh, you know, I made a fire. My friend, he, his goal was to make a fire by hand, which is sticks. And he was never able to do it. Um, but I brought, you know, I brought a, a lighter and there was plenty of wood out there. So, yeah, I could get a fire. So you're sitting out there and you expect that, oh, man, oh, gosh, I know how things are. If I go a half day without eating, I start getting real hungry. Uh, if I have to go three or four days without eating, oh, I'm going to die. There's just no way I'll be able to make it. It's impossible. You know, naturally, we had all the water we could handle, so water wasn't an issue. So you start going and, you know, you get pretty hungry. Day one, you're pretty hungry. Uh, nothing's too bad, but, you know, it's a little bit hungry. And then day two comes around, and it's like, okay, still hungry, but not freaking starving. I I can go about my day, and it's not a big deal. And then you just keep going, and it doesn't get worse. The hunger level is not really that bad, to be completely honest with you. And we were burning a decent amount of calories each day. Yeah, I was fishing, swimming a little bit walking around, trying to figure out things, collect firewood, whatever. And the hunger just was not building up. Uh, So, you know, we thought that was going to be the thing that would get us out there. Oh, man, we're getting so hungry. We're not going to be able to handle anymore, and we're just going to quit. Well, sure enough, what ended up getting us was boredom. Boredom was the number one obstacle to get over. 
I mean, that is one of those things. I'm not even lying. It's boredom and the lack of any kind of excitement or entertainment or anything. It uh, it'll get to you. It's almost it's it's so much worse than food. Not having food, so much worse. Because I actually got to the point where I had to break down because I I brought a phone with me, and I brought another phone to like kind of film some videos on the way or whatever, and. Uh, I noticed that one of my phones had downloaded podcasts on them and it had a decent amount of battery left and we only had like a day left. And I was like, bucket, man, I can't do it anymore. I need something. So, cause it's just so like, you're just out there and my friend was doing his thing off in the distance. Couldn't really see him. And I was just sitting by a fire all day and, uh, yeah, you get to the point where you just crave, crave somebody talking to you, somebody giving you some sort of entertainment. So I'm not going to lie, I broke, and I pulled out the phone, and I put it on the speakers, and I just started listening to a podcast because I could not handle having nothing out there. God, it was brutal. Uh and then, like, you know, the hunger wasn't a problem, like I said. What, what's it even a big deal? Honestly, for me, the, the most entertaining thing I could find out there, for me, was the fire. It was almost like the fire was your TV in the living room. You, you would go to it, and it kind of brings a little bit of life to you, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of joy. You know, it gives you something to do. You got to keep up with it, make sure the, you know, the fire's going good. It just It's kind of like a like a fidget spinner or something. It just it just gives you something to do, even though it's meaningless and there's no reason to have a fire going all day. It just gives you something to do. And when you know that smoke is going, you know that your day is meaningful. You lose the fire? Oh my gosh. Dude, I couldn't imagine. It would suck so bad if you didn't have a fire. The nights get dark so quick and then it's like, oh man, what, I'm just going to be sitting here until morning, which is like 12 hours away. God, and yeah, you're going to get some sleep, maybe. I was. My friend wasn't getting much. And you're just sitting there waiting for daylight. And then when daylight gets there, it's like, well, what now? What do you do now? I mean, I get it. You go try to collect some stuff, I guess. Try to get some food or something, but it's brutal. But yeah, what 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 the conclusion was on that trip, and we were, you know, we were, I could have gone straight up. I'll be real with you. I could have gone a week easy, easy. It wouldn't have even been a problem if it wasn't for the boredom. The boredom made it to where it was just like, what are we doing? Well, what's the point? We're just wasting days being out here doing nothing, accomplishing absolutely jack crap. So the finally we decided, bucket, we're out. We're out. We can't do the boredom anymore. It's too much for us. And we called up uh, a friend, my brother, to come pick us up. So he comes there. And when he's on his way, me and my friend were just sitting there talking about Because we knew we were going to get food that day. Now, we weren't really that hungry. But we knew we were going to get food. So we started talking about food. You know, Oh, remember food back in China? Oh, those noodles. Those things were so fucking good. And it's, oh, dude, it's crazy. The effect that talking about food has on your hunger levels is just insane. You immediately start getting bucking hungry. 
And then it's like, the more you talk about it, it's like, God, I want it so bad right now. And then eventually, there you are, you're starving. Whereas before, we were fine. We were going strong. Because the, the here's what it comes down to. When you're not around food, you don't really give a dang about food. That is just not on your priority list. When you're around food, you're obsessed with food. You always want food because food is such a, uh, it's just a thing that boosts your mood. If you know you got ice cream in the fridge, it's like, ooh, that would be fun to eat while watching a movie or something. Uh, oh, uh, I noticed we had some burritos in there. Maybe we should cook up some burritos. It's a social thing. It's a, oh God, it's just, it's such a freaking part of your life that when you're always around it, you just can't go without it. You gotta have it. You gotta have at least two meals a day. But I'll tell you right now, if I was in the forest, you give me one meal a day, oh dude, that's more than enough. More than enough. In freaking city life where you're surrounded by restaurants and crap, Oh, no, I got to have at least two meals. One meal is not going to cut. I'll be Miz. It's just, it's weird. It's like, uh, I think, honestly, with things like that, you start to realize how powerful what goes on inside your head actually is. Um, things that you wouldn't think would be a, a mind thing are 100% a mind thing. It's, it's, you know, you're around the food, you're going to want the food. And you don't really have much control over it. Um, just, it was weird. It was a weird thing to find out. And if there's one thing I learned from that trip, it was that. It was that if you are stranded somewhere, hunger is the last thing you need to worry about. I'll tell you right now, you're going to be fine with hunger for a while. There was actually one guy that I heard about from Joe Rogan who was like, uh, I think he was morbidly obese, probably 300 pounds or so. And he straight up went one year one bucking year didn't eat any food for the entire year, not a single piece of food. And he, you know, naturally, he lost a ton of weight, probably got down to like 150, 160, and uh, that was it. So you can live without food for a long time if you have, yeah, a decent amount of body weight on you. If you're thin, you'll last a while, but not too long. Um, but yeah, it's just wild. Now, I don't know how the buck that guy did that, being in an environment where food is, you know, it's a part of your culture. I don't know how he did it. I'll tell you right now, uh, I have a lot of power over certain parts of my life, and some parts I don't, and food is one of them. I swear, man, you cannot keep me from food. I'm a big fan of it. I love it. It's one of the reasons I got a bucking exercise because if I don't, I'm going to get overweight. So yeah, starvation, not, not that bad. That's the, yeah, that's the key point here. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, there was another thing that happened. Um, this is just kind of a fun little story. I, uh, I bought a Switch, you know, Switches. It's my thing, Nintendo Switch. And I found a deal, really good deal, 100 bucks for a Switch. And the guy that was selling it was, I'll be honest with you, he was a ghetto-looking black guy. I'm just not even going to BS you on that one. Very ghetto-looking black guy. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, there is something wrong with it if the item isn't what it should be. So let me give you an example. You see some AirPod Pros selling for 90 bucks, 
brand new AirPod Pro, 90 bucks. Don't eat, don't even. If it's a black guy, if it's a black guy, those are fake. Not trying to be racist, not trying to be prejudiced. They're fake. It's just how it is. The blacks, man, you, I've, I've talked about this before. You're buying a used item. You want the, the 30-year-old white girl from the rich neighborhood. That's what you want. Mother of two, husband's rich. That's what you want. You can trust her. People can talk all they want about Karen, <laughs> white women, <laughs> white people suck. No, rich people suck. No, dude, when you're buying things, those are the best people on planet Earth. Rich white people. Doesn't get better than that. They're the most trustworthy people. I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into it. But good gosh, they're great. Anyway, back to the ghetto black guy. So he's, you know, 100 bucks for the thing, which is a freaking good deal. I'll just tell you right now. It's a fucking good deal. Came with all the stuff. So I'm like, all right, dude, where, where do you want to meet? You know, let's, I, I can come pick it up right now. Because any deal like that, you got to jump on it quick. You don't, you're going to miss it. So I was like, all right, man, let's meet up right now ASAP. Let's get this going. All right, man, yeah, cool. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, just uh, meet me at the Days Inn Hotel. Okay, Days Inn. Now, if you don't know what the Days Inn is, it's uh, I'd say it's one of the lower-level motel, hotel-type places in America. Pretty, pretty ghetto. Days Inns are not nice. So, you know, for one, meeting at a hotel, it's a little odd. Yeah, I've met and got, bought a lot of things off Facebook. Hotels is not a meeting place. You usually do a grocery store in a good neighborhood, uh, maybe a gas station, maybe. That's a little ghetto. Maybe a Walmart, something, a restaurant. You don't do hotels, okay? That's rule number one, you don't. So already I'm a bit thrown off. It's like, all right, whatever, days in, yeah, it's pretty sketchy. Well, whatever, it's a good deal, I'm going. So I head out. And I get there and I pull up to the lobby and the guy, I sent him a message. I was like, all right, dude, I'm here. Come on down to the lobby. I'm waiting for you. And he writes back and says, oh, no, dude, just uh, meet me in my room. I'm in room 1304. Come on up. All right. So, you know, naturally you don't want to go to a black guy's and nothing against black, whatever, any race. You don't want to go to their freaking hotel room. It's a stranger. I mean, this has just got bad news written all over it. So I was like, oh, dude, no, nah, man. Just come down to the lobby. I'm here. I'm waiting. Just let's meet down here. And he says, no, nah, man, it's cool. Come on up. I mean, clearly this guy at this point wants me to come up to his hotel room. That's... Something about the situation, he would rather me be there than be in the lobby, which is, you know, that's concerning. These are red flags. For anybody that's new to the buying industry, these are red flags. So I tell him, you know, look, man, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to go to your hotel room. And that's what I said, flat out. Wasn't even going to beat around the bush. And uh, he goes, Fine, man. Just meet me around back then. It's like, ah, okay, okay, whatever. At least then I'm in my car. If he tries to do something sketchy, I'll just floor it out of there. You know, I'll escape. So I pull around back and I'm looking for him. I can't find him. And sure enough, I finally see him open up his door 
And he's looking at me and he sees me and then he starts waving me in to come into his Buckin Hotel. So I'm like, like sitting there, I'm looking at the guy, I'm like, dude, no, no. And you can tell he's like, man, come on. So I pull up there and I'm looking and then sure enough, he pulls out the switch and starts like, you know, showing that. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. That's really all I needed to see was the switch. That's the important thing. So I'm like, all right, well, I tell myself I'm not going to go in the room. I'll just kind of stay outside the room, get the switch, give the money, get the buck out. Really was what the plan was. And there was another couple that was like out there somewhere. So it wasn't like I was the only one out there. So I felt decently safe. So sure enough, I go up to, uh, I go to his room and outside of it. I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. Let me see the switch. Uh, you know, you got the cords or whatever, the, the dock station. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this girl, this white girl that looks like a total, I'm going to be honest with you, a prostitute. She had tattoos all over. She looked very rough. Looked like she probably did some drugs. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I got the cords in here. Yeah, I got them in here. I get them for you. I was like, oh, geez, okay. Uh, so then the guy tells me, he's like, hey, man, I'll be honest with you, man. I can't, the reason I didn't come down to the lobby is because I work here, man. I, you know, I can't let them know that I'm up here in this room right now. I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't know, man. It was. <laughs> Yeah, I ended up getting the thing from the guy. And he, you know, while I was talking to him, he kept saying, hey, you sure you don't want to come on in, man? You come on in here with this. And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just give me the switch. Just give me the switch. Uh, so I ended up getting it. I give him the money. And, you know, successful. But it's like, what is the deal with these people? I can almost guarantee you the girl was a prostitute. I can almost guarantee you that. I don't know why he wanted me to come into his room so bad. Were they wanting to do a threesome? That's what they want to do. Drugs? Who the buck knows? But I did not want to go in that freaking room. Uh, but yeah, just sometimes you will run into some situations where you got to go somewhere. And, and that's the thing. That's why with the resale industry where it's like, man, you're freaking turning a profit. You're profiteering off these mother backers. How dare you? I'm sorry. I'm the guy that has to meet Jerome in a hotel room to get a freaking good deal on a switch. You should be happy I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I'll tell you right now, ain't no freaking rich white person wants to meet a black guy in a hotel room. I can guarantee you that. And that's what I had to do to get the deal. And yeah, I think that deserves to give me some decent profit. If I sell that thing for 300 bucks, I deserve that. Okay, I dang near was in a threesome to get that thing. And uh, what'd you do? You bought it from a guy that's trustworthy. So don't come at me with that bull crap. But yeah, I don't know. One time, not too long ago, I had to meet some black kids, I'll be honest with you, in an area to buy another Switch and cheap, good deal. And it was in the middle of the ghetto, middle of the ghetto. And I'm talking rough ghetto where it's like, oh, dude, there's no white people anywhere. I am the only white guy. And you know what that means? When you're the only white guy in the uh, ghetto in America, People are going to stare at you a lot because they just don't know what the buck you're doing there. Uh, so these black kids come up, two of them, and I was like, oh, boy, because 
<sighs> they were running late. I said I'd meet them at like a Dollar Tree or something, and it was getting dark, and I was like, oh, no, no. I was on a motorcycle. I didn't feel that safe. <sighs> you see these two black kids come up, and I'll be real with you. If they wanted to, they could have beat the F out of me. They could have robbed me, beat the F out of me. They could have easily done it. And I'm not trying to assume that blacks are going to do that, but when you're in a neighborhood like that and it's getting dark, you don't know what's going to happen. These kids know you got money. So, you know, as they approach you, you're just like, oh, please don't F and mess with me. Please don't try to buck with me. And sure enough, I got it and got out. It was successful. But this is something that's kind of sketchy and something to think about. There was a, um, there's actually a girl that got shot and killed about a week ago, uh, right in Birmingham. And she was doing a deal. She was doing a, uh, I believe she was with her boyfriend and she was selling headphones, some kind of headphones. And the guy that was buying it from her gave her the money and it was, I'm pretty sure it was counterfeit money. So they were like, hey, whoa, this money, this this, this isn't real money, this counterfeit. And then what, what happens? Well, surely he can't be a logical person, but oh, oh, sorry about that. I guess somebody gave me some counterfeit money and just play it off. He effing shoots and kills the girl, man, over some effing headphones. It's like, dude, come on. This is that bull crap. Black lives matter. Then why don't you effing take care of each other? Why don't you respect each other? That had absolutely nothing to do with white people. That was a black guy that just effing killed a black girl for no reason other than to get a pair of headphones. Is that, that's what a black life is worth to you, dude? A pair of headphones? That's effed, man. So don't come at freaking me. This probably, this guy's probably all about Black Lives Matter. And here he is effing killing a black girl over headphones. Fuck you, dude. Anyway, I'm done. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.